0: I don't really want to work out, I work out. There's got to be those days you push through, and they're they're probably going to be more numerous than the days you don't.
1: Discipline equals freedom, and the more discipline you have as a human, the more freedom you're going to have. It is Wednesday the 19th of February, welcome along, all aboard. All, it feels weird on a Wednesday, I feel like I'm <laughs> all, out I feel like all out of sync. So yeah. It's always Tuesday, isn't it? Yeah. So yeah, it does but it does a a go strange. out on a Friday, right? Yeah, yeah. Always, yeah. yeah. Friday. always on okay. a Friday.
0: Yeah, yeah. So it doesn't matter too much, but it does feel strange today sitting here on a Wednesday afternoon. <laughs> or maybe yeah.
1: we're just lying and, yeah. It's actually
0: Thursday night, we're ready to go tomorrow morning. Mm-hmm.
1: Exactly. How is everyone? Alright? Yeah, all good. Yeah, yeah, another
0: busy week, another exciting week. Very. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's A bit mad at the moment. Um, we're looking to do a bit of a refurb in the gym and it's hectic but um,
2: exciting as well. Yeah, Super exciting. Exciting. Mm. I it. think that's um, going to be brilliant. No, the, the the refurb from what you've said to me, anyway, it seems like I think it's a good plan. I think it's going to be it'll be epic. It'll be yeah. really good. Yeah, I really want to like tell everyone
1: about it, but um, just keep I, your cards a little bit closer, to yeah. Well, there. just because. I don't there's like, still so many variables. There's so and many variables. So many and hoops to jump through. Exactly. And I don't like saying something unless I'm gonna do it. Yeah. Um, but I'm you know There's definitely a refurb happening. Yeah, yeah, there is. 100 percent there's a refurb yeah. happening. Yeah. It's just what, what,
2: what how what what, what capacity will be take place in, then it's diff- obviously that's the question. It? it depends
1: on so many things. Um because the space we're a little bit limited next door in the in the gym, um but there's potential to get a bit more space, so if that happens, the you know everyone's gym experience oh. will be a lot better. So, yeah. uh, but regardless, it's gonna um, we're getting a refurb, and it's gonna be better anyway. Uh, yeah, just
0: the the scale of it will
1: determine yeah.
0: what various people say in the next few weeks.
1: Yeah, well, actually, so I guess one of the I, I come. With a heavy heart at the beginning of this podcast, we've got some from, some news for you guys. Uh, the gentleman to my left, <laughs> this is going to be his last podcast. It is. I uh, know. L- wow. oh, no. So Lenny is um, leaving us. A lot of you will know that anyway, but... Um, it's official now. It's, it's on the podcast. It's official. It's on the podcast. Once it's said on the podcast. Yes, that's it. Yeah. Uh, so obviously we've known for a few weeks now... Um, which is why we've all been so miserable. Yeah, That's exactly. Theory. So yeah. we apologise. But now you know, you can now share our, share. our
0: disappointment and
1: our upset. What yeah. are you going to do, Chris? Tell everyone. Apart um, from break everyone's Yeah, comments. exactly. Yeah, no, it's a um,
2: smooth voice that everyone tunes <laughs> into. Know, yeah, it is, yeah. Um, um, it's a physio role, basically. So it's a more specialised physio role. Um, working for a company called Circle Health, who are a private health company, but they basically run the bedford cheer musculoskeletal services in the nhs and the, the role is is physio but it's also then a developmental role towards um basically doing an extended scope of practice or advanced physio uh, practice which involves things along the lines of um ordering of scans um and those scans coming back to to you as an as, um, for me if i was the advanced physio um, and you interpreting, so looking at the MRI, looking at the ultrasound, X-ray, whatever you've ordered, and then making decisions on management based on that. So it's basically rather than going to a consultant, you go to the myself or an advanced physio and they would do the whole thing other than if the person you felt like they needed surgery. So if it was a knee injury, for example, and you they weren't getting better with physio and you decided yet yeah, maybe there's an ACL tear in there let's MRI it because potentially they might need surgery you MRI it and there is an ACL tear you would I would then refer to the consultant with a view that they need surgery but if they that, if there wasn't an ACL tear I could say look we've mri'd your knee there's no ACL tear you just need to do more rehab yeah so rather than that person having seen the consultant which is much more expensive had a scan and then seeing the consultant again and then again, and, and then they said right go back to the physio there's no acl tear they've missed out that entire process yeah. of seeing the consultant so it just makes things a lot less expensive um and a lot quicker for the and a lot patient quicker for the patient things. exactly yeah so it's a more of a streamlined process um, and then other things like uh, performance of um, steroid injections into the shoulder into the hip so basic kind of injective injection therapy is something that physios do now and there's a there's a course at Hertfordshire actually that you would do Um, but then you you get on the on the job training and you have to see a certain amount you have to go through a training process and stuff but so those things would be part of a plan to develop to the kind of next level uh kind of in between a physio and a, a consultant i guess is where you put it or or a musculoskeletal specialist um, so that's the the, the plan basically so it's kind of going plan. back into education for you a little bit as well yeah I'll definitely be I'll, there's things I'll definitely be learning without a shadow and um, you have like mentors and things like that of senior senior staff because the service itself already has something like 15 advanced level advanced practice physios working in the Bedfordshire musculoskeletal service so you'd be working underneath those guys in terms of um, mentorship towards that being that level etc and um, there's a musculoskeletal um uh what's it called uh, academy um which is like an online portal where you have certain um, almost like uh, things that you need to learn for each level etc so you can kind of see where you are see what where your skills need to develop uh, those sorts of things so yeah from a developmental point of view that's that was the main kind of reason for leaving really because obviously, for me, it's obviously very sad, and you guys are all awesome, and it's been great being here. Um, but obviously, I'm the only physio, and I think to get that to get the training that I would need to do that would, if I did that on my own, it would be you know, oh, yeah. it should be so yeah. expensive yeah, to do yeah. that, you just wouldn't be able to do it, oh, and then the time out, and all these sorts of things. So, it's, it's just a, a, a good opportunity to yeah. learn those things which I wouldn't be able to learn, and also, even. And privately, you don't really get to learn those things anyway. Most of the time, because with things like the injections, you need to be in an environment where a) you can watch someone else doing them, yeah. which is basically in hospital services or in specific services like mm. the NHS mm. have. Um, and then you also need to be able to be performing them regularly. So it's like you need yeah. to actually do them to get the skills yeah, to yeah. do it, which you know you, you can't privately. You can't do that. Yeah. So a lot of people who do do those sorts of um, skills are working more in hospital settings or in either private or mainly obviously in the NHS so
1: I said to you earlier is it weird that you're you're essentially leaving the fitness industry?
2: Yeah it's weird because yeah. I think it's it's a good question but I mentally I would say it doesn't feel like that to me even though it is like
1: Yeah I mean it, it, they're, they're it, broadly related aren't yeah, they? Yeah it, it
2: is the case in, in a way because yes I won't be doing like I, f- I won't be doing personal training as such anymore so really you've more. been personal training for how many years since 2005 no hmm. 2007 yeah qualified hmm. physio in 2005 2007 was when I did my PT So about 13 years then. yeah yeah and I think it's weird because i was saying to, to you Aiden, before that i still i see a couple of uh, my wife's friends husbands who are basically my mate I, when said, you say I don't see know what... them you mean personal change yeah, not... yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it was not nothing dodgy thing. nothing <laughs> dodgy going <laughs> on um but yeah i see that see those guys for pt um one of the guys was actually one of the guys who did the um the before and after on who yes. we saw we, we i mean my, my wife were looking at um our wedding video about two weeks ago and um just put it on and the kids were, you know my daughter was watching and stuff it was funny because my daughter was 18 months old when we got married oh right um, and uh and he looked he's in he's in, at the wedding this guy and um, Adam shout out a really great guy and he's just but he looks he's really big like he's really big and then like now he's just yeah, I mean literally he lost about three and a half stone oh, brilliant did so so well doing like 10k's for fun now and doing loads of like longer runs half marathons blah 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 anyway
0: got a great six pack on him as
2: well yeah he's like decent really de- decent nick and um we're coming on to six packs later aren't yeah, we yeah yeah exactly it's so it's like whether I may maybe continue seeing a couple of guys just to keep a little bit of my foot in the, in the toes in the water just at home because I just obviously got the they just come to the garage and I just do stuff in the garage with them. Um, but it won't really, I mean, seeing them is like seeing they're just like seeing mates to be honest with you. It's not really like a job if that makes yeah, sense, yeah. it's weird. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know whether I'm even going to do that just because I think that it's going to be quite a full on role that I'm going to be doing. And so I'm probably, and it's going to be very, like, obviously being NHS, it's going to be very, very busy. So it will be, mm-hmm. you know, when I was working in NHS before, I would say, you know, you're going to be seeing an average of between 10 and 15 patients a day mm-hmm. uh, when you do the physio stuff. Every single day, like, it's going to, it will be back-to-back type it's stuff. Um, so it'll you're be a bit, You get peopled
1: out. I don't yeah. know if we spoke about this on the podcast before, but... It's tiring. Know, it is tiring. Yeah,
0: yeah it is. non-stop yeah, yeah. talking. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, massively. It's um, always on a show, aren't you? It's every single person has the same experience of you, no matter what yeah. day, time, yeah. anything.
2: And I think physios, not that, not I'm saying it's harder than PT, but from I think from a mental point of view, it can be more difficult because you're dealing with people in pain. So you're yeah. a lot of people. You're taking on a lot of their problems um it and a lot of it is chatting to them about those issues chatting to them through those issues because part of those issues is why they're in pain or why a lot of pain comes with lots of other things going on social social issues psychological issues all these different Mm -hmm. things lots of chronic pain obviously in the nhs as well so and also you're dealing with people who get referred by their gp except for example who are not active at all, and in fact, you get a lot of people like that. Whereas, obviously, privately, you see a lot more active po- population, and especially here, it's like you see a lot of gym members who are already training, etc. Mm. So, giving people exercises to do, they'll actually There's do no them. Yeah, yeah, whereas the compliance in the NHS can be quite poor as well because they're not, you know, these are people that don't exercise anyway, they're sedentary, which is yeah. a lot of the times why they have pain or dysfunction. Um, and then you're telling them to do stuff which they often don't do so there's going to be I think there's going to be very different frustrations different challenges um, but I think um, yeah it's it's one of those where it's, it, it's yeah it's just going to be different but I think that it still feels to me in a weird way like I am kind of part of the fitness industry just because I will be a lot of my treatment will be exercise based yeah. because I know that that is the majority of what people mm. need you know I think we're realizing and a lot of the physios i look up to quite highly are realizing that actually manual treatments and manual therapies are not the answer for a lot of people and the evidence behind those treatments is quite poor in fact not quite poor very poor Um, and so that actually exercise and exercise strengthening and basically education about pain and education about lifestyle factors etc are probably the most important or that they are the most important things that you can do for people over the long term it's really interesting to say that. i
0: listened to a, a podcast um last weekend uh with joe defranco and he had someone on i forget his name which is awful because he was amazing he was talking about manual therapies he was like a chiropractor and mm-hmm. all that sort of stuff and he was talking about how manual therapies are, are great but they but they just they normalize tissue that's essentially what they're doing mm. but then in order to then maintain that normalization you then need to exercise and do stuff yeah. so he was saying like you know he they use the word like releasing the hip flex and stuff like that it's not a thing you don't mm-hmm. ever release. if you want me to release a muscle i'll cut it off at one end and yeah. I, there's there it's released like yeah. but he said but we normalize structures and then one of the best things to do is then train that muscle now that it's been normalized yeah. and hope that it keeps that that then becomes just how it moves and how you move off the back of that because you're re-educating how how things should contract and fire and stabilize and all that sort of stuff so that's exactly, isn't it? Like you go in, get get fixed up, have a massage, whatever, feel great. But then as soon as that muscle goes back to how it was working anyway, you're gonna be straight back yeah. in pain. And a lot, of,
2: yeah, a lot of the research and evidence as well is around something called. So there's a really good um, paper, and it talks about why, how, and why manual therapy works, mm. and whether it whether it actually does work. Yeah. Um, it's by a guy, by a guy called Bieloski, um, and it's amazing but basically it talks about that most of the benefits that that you get from manual therapies are from something called neuromodulation so you are affecting the nervous system which relaxes relaxes tissues or relaxes Mm. the nervous system in a way that reduces pain and reduces dysfunctions but there's lots of myths around manual therapy which are not true so for example uh, when you manipulate someone um so i you know i use manipulation did it on jack the other day for his back got a real good crack stood him up literally that's all i've done is just manipulate his back he couldn't bend down forwards or he could he bent down and he was getting a bit of pain in his back when he was doing that after he had no pain so he was literally mm-hmm. pain free to flex forwards towards touching the floor but i'm under no illusion that i've repositioned anything i haven't changed the position of any board j- bones or anything like that with that with that crack what you've done or what the research shows you've done is kind of relaxed relaxed that area from a nerves nerve point of view mm-hmm. and so they and the reason they can say this yeah so they they mri people before and after manipulation and they look at bony alignment so they'll look at bony alignment before manipulation and after and it's manipulation exactly and It's no different, really. Yeah. even though the symptoms have changed so someone yeah. will say i feel better oh yeah it feels like i'm i'm back in place but they're I no different be in terms of the to, um
1: to think that though that totally. you, you know that the, the bone alignment would be different yeah. because especially if you hear a crack yeah yeah, like, oh, yeah. what's, yeah. Go, what's going on moves, yeah. what's and moving? it's and it
2: feel it feels good as well and i think that's what people yeah. underestimate as well is the the psychology of um and a uh, lots again lots of physios that talk about kind of pain education and, and chronic pain all these sorts of things is if you look at even back ancestry and you look at like chimps and things like that and grooming and things like that like we are what we call like social primates we are social and we're you you. it's nice to be you know, anyone knows you have a massage it feels nice Like it I feels nice think, to have that done I
1: love having a massage I would love to go into one of those places and just ask them to scratch my back yeah. I love having my back scratched but um, that's just weird isn't it like, it's not weird any, like, I, no, but I, well, it'd be weird to go into a you know well, if you went to like yeah. centre parks to the spa
2: and said oh can you oh, scratch back my back scratch. for a my you know. wife loves a
1: back scratch it's yeah. my favourite thing they'd
2: probably be like oh yeah pay me, oh, pay arms, me, pay scratch, me 60 anyway. quid and I'll do yeah. that no yeah, problem yeah. it's sort of easier, easier than doing a <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah, easier yeah. than doing a maths I should be alright
1: yeah. any uh, professional back scratchers
2: out there uh, <laughs> yeah. let me know I'll book in with you yeah exactly. for yeah. um yeah i can't remember what we've got i got totally off topic but but yeah no so i think um I've, that was yeah so exercise is definitely going to be a big part of, of it still yeah
1: and you're so interested in the, the fitness industry anyway you know, yeah
2: you, that's something you read about all the time yeah and, and i'll still be training myself yeah. and like you know so it's not like yeah it's, it's not as if i'm gonna um not be involved in terms of reading stuff looking at videos doing all those sorts of things
1: Chris when we were off air the other day you said um you would definitely come back on the podcast yeah I'm going to put you on the spot here and now so everyone can hear (laughs) it Mm -hmm. Um, because once it's on the podcast it's real exactly yeah yeah you're going to come back on right?
2: yeah 100% yeah 100% um I have to find a a good topic it might be cut it might be good to come back on when i've started doing yeah the, uh, the more advanced stuff maybe to talk yeah. about that or even yeah to talk about yeah there's i mean there's plenty of things i could talk about in terms of injuries and specific injuries maybe get if there's any listeners out there that have got specific topics about injuries or pain or all those sorts of things because i guess that's now my field of specialty then mm. uh then just let me let us know, and or let the you guys know. Now. I've
1: I've got a I played football last night, and I tweaked my groin, and I've done it before. Mm. Um, and I kind of mentioned it to Chris yeah, beforehand, it's and he said it's really it's a. I was just running in a straight line, looking over my shoulder for the ball coming yeah. up high over my shoulder. I was running straight line. I wasn't quite a sprint; it was a run, and, yeah. and it, I just felt it go.
2: Yeah, like so, adductor related groin pain is really common. Um, and in the area where you've got it with sprinting it would very likely be adductor related Um, and we were saying like and this is the I think it's a good point with regards to how people are so black and white within the fitness industry and and how there's no again it's you know a lot of it's about kind of context and nuance and I was talking to um, Neville about this earlier that the, the more I think the more you learn, the more you realise that you don't... The more you know, the more you realise you don't know. Yeah. And also the more I start saying it depends. Like I say, pretty much it depends to any single thing, which is why yeah. when people say, I've got back pain, what do I do? Well, it depends on Pends, where it is, yeah. what's causing it, blah, blah, blah. It's like you need the context well, to actually 100%. figure out what's going like, on.
1: Whenever I listen to anyone on, like, see someone pop up on YouTube, if they're talking in certain terms about... Exercise and nutrition. Half I just don't believe them half the time because, no. like you say, it depends on so many things. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So, so
2: so yeah. But with so the, what um, on why I mentioned that was that um, you know the adductor machines in the gym. Like yeah. everyone basically shits on those because they think they're rubbish and like PTs. You know you. Go, oh, why are you using the adductor machine? That's terrible. Or if someone if you you know you asked most or a lot of PTs in a commercial gym who, like, that person's on the, oh, is that good exercise? They Most of them will go, no, it's rubbish, you need to do squats, deadlifts, whatever. But actually, if you're rehabbing from an adductor groin strain, then doing loaded, specific work on the adductors is a great way to start rehabbing it in a controlled manner where you're taking the controlled adductor through controlled range yeah. of motion going into um you know an abductive position under some tension and load and then coming back in so for those that aren't aware the adductor machines are those ones that you uh you sit on and you basically push your thighs together yeah. open your legs, open your legs. Yeah, exactly <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah yeah um and uh and yeah so they're they're good things to use. i think they're brilliant as well because yeah.
0: so many people like like build their glutes they do loads of like lateral stuff and things like that and actually if muscles opposing each other aren't strong, if you if you never do any direct adductor work and all yeah. you have to do is abduct to work glutes, there's an imbalance. Like that, there's there's going to be a huge imbalance in your hips, and what does that then transfer down to into your knees, into your ankles, yeah. and that sort of stuff? And it could all just start by just doing a few, few of those building up the strength there. And if you can hip thrust a hundred kilos, but can't even shut your legs on one of them machines, yeah, I, and, I, people, I and I think a lot a injury. lot of
2: um a lot of women in particular as well. Uh, have a lot of problems with um, adductor weakness and low back pain. There's a really big correlation and it's something that I think people really don't train enough of. Like the Mm. glutes is this big thing, like you just said, that people like, oh, train the glutes, train the glutes, train the glutes. But actually, you know, you do want that pelvic stability anteriorly as well. well. And so that's, you know, a lot of that does come from the adductors. The other thing with adductors as well is big time affects the squat. So if you, you know, we know that, with a lot of things to to length to truly lengthen a muscle eccentric kind of work like your romanian deadlifts mm-hmm. single leg romanian for the hamstring actually increases sarcomeres so it basically will lengthen tissue whereas static stretches don't Doesn't. do that um and so you know there's studies out there that show that romanian deadlift uh, training over 12 weeks actually improves someone's hamstring flexibility mm-hmm. more so than static hamstring stretching um, and makes them stronger, so it's double whammy. Yeah, so, yeah. why would you not do that? Not do that yeah. um, and so, for adductors, another reason uh, getting into a good squat position often is limited by the adductors because obviously, you're going, you're, you know, yeah. as you drop down into that position, you are stretching your adductors exactly. essentially. Um, and so strengthening the adductors in a way that lengthens as well can be massively helpful for yeah. squat positions and people often find that by doing that they'll actually really improve and help their squat yeah. so I think that that's another reason and we, I was talking to you about the adductor abductor ratio so there's yeah. some studies been done with them um, they did them with ice hockey players and this was in the late 90s um, where they looked at ab- adductor to abductor ratio. Um, and they found that if they had a poor ratio adductor to abductor they were more likely to get hip and groin related uh, pain basically Mm -hmm. Um, and yes you you want to have abductor strength and generally a lot of people will be stronger in their adductors or adductors than their abductors but you still want to have strong adductors and Mm -hmm. actually like for example with yourself if you've had an injury to that area then definitely that's something you want to work on and also the adductors are very linked to hamstrings as well Mm -hmm. so you know i think yes you want to strengthen glutes and hamstrings but you also want to work on the adductors as well doing things like your those simple things like side lunges but doing side lunge slides so where you're getting Mm -hmm. if you're standing on um stand on in in you can do this at home so stand on a biscuit tin uh, lid on a carpet and then literally do a side lunge with that leg and then draw it back in Mm -hmm. so it's that it's the out the outward bit, where your legs going out, would be the eccentric phase, yep, yep. and then you're getting your concentric on the way way in as well. And you're doing that in a in a more functional position because you're in a standing type position. And then you've got the, you know, your people using the cables, so using those cables to yeah. do that sort of thing. And then you can stand further and further away, so you get a bigger eccentric component of that uh, that movement basically. Um, so there's loads of ways you can train the adductors, but yeah, it would be something that I would definitely. Um, work on if it's and it sounds to me like you've had an adductor strain. Yeah, and before. again, a lot, a lot of um, you know, a lot of that is is strengthening, is specific strengthening for it, and adding that into your leg program so you're not just doing your squats and your you know big whatever lifts. else it might yeah. be, um, just like you would do for for glutes etc. You know, you do hip like Nick was saying, you do hip thrust and you do all these other exercises, but you know, and I think the bi- best way you can do that is do a few of your big lifts to start with. And then just throw in—not obviously when you're in an injured state, but if you're in, you know, n- normal training, do your squats, do your deadlifts at the start of the session, and then do a circuit at the end of the session where you just add in all your assistance lifts, and those assistance ones being specific to you. And if you had an adductor strain, do that. So a bit of adductor stuff, a bit of abductor strain, uh, strength training. No reason why you can't do some hip flexor strength training as well. Honestly, a lot of I've added do that.
0: hip flexor strength training into my yeah. program, and I feel so, I feel so much better. Yeah. Really? Yeah, literally cable pull-ins, lying my lying on, on the floor. Cable machine, machine at the bottom of my feet. Get like an ankle, like one of them ankle straps, wrap it around my foot, and then literally just lie, pull my knee in, and really try oh and flex right, my yeah. hip flex as hard as I can, Yeah. Um, and just pull in, and then again just go oh, from there. Oh, like
1: it would cramp almost. Yeah, do you know what yeah.
0: I mean, mate. I'd literally could barely even move. Like the, yeah. the first, the first run on the thingy to begin with, and just yeah. gradually build up. And again, Copenhagen planks. I love Copenhagen yes. planks for ad adductors. Adducted. Yeah, where you basically you do a side plank. But rather than having your feet or knees on the floor, you squash your knees round a bench, so our flat bench. Mm-hmm. So you're raised up, squeeze from there, and then drop the bottom leg down, and then eventually go to straight. And you could like do that on the up. TRX as well. Yes. So it's if the a bit, best way, a on if, a you get, a if you get with a
2: TRX, if you get, you just need something to, to protect your ankle because it hurts and yeah. it's a bit awkward, but. You get like a cushion or whatever, and you put it or a towel, rolled up towel, put it through. So you're essentially on your side in a side plank position, but the inside of your foot is supported by the TRX. So if you're on your left hand side, your right foot would be, right leg would be straight, foot into the TRX on the inside part, so that adductor is holding you up there, and then the other the other leg goes from the side plank position up to meet it. So as yeah. it comes up to meet it, you're putting all of your body yeah, weight yeah. through the inside of that leg. So that's the one they've done with. That's the the kind of um, research they've done with that exercise. Particularly is amazing for adductor related pain. Um, same thing as like Nordics for hamstrings. Like yeah. probably the best exercise you can do for hamstring. Um, pain is Nordics. They're they're brutally hard, yeah. so it's obviously something that rehab wise you wouldn't want to do straight away. Mm. But that's the one you would want to do as a prehab drill, or if you had numerous yeah. hamstring injuries, that's the one that you would want to do.
1: Can we put uh, some photos on Instagram or yeah, on yeah, absolutely these exercises. Yeah, just for me more than anyone else. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, great. Oh, thanks very much, yeah. Chris. <laughs> yeah, you can go now. You can piss <laughs> off. to... <laughs> um, that's great. What else has been going on? Uh,
2: you want to talk about VAR, didn't you? oh
1: yeah. What guys? What is your opinion? I know we always come back to football a little bit, but um, no, I spoke to Paul about that this morning. She was like, because I said oh, we've got oh,
0: we've got a special guest coming on, which we'll come to, and she was like, oh, you you do you do love football, don't yeah. you? It always comes back to football. Yeah, so, yeah. But here we are again, VAR Sorry, again. Yeah. yeah.
2: What do you think? Um, I think it's inevitable that technology is going to. Be involved, And I think now it's involved, you can't take it away. But I, what I think is that it should be there for cut-and-dry type decisions. So goal-line technology, obviously, I really like it for. Yeah. Uh, I like it for offsides. I think offsides should be as simple. Basically, if you're in front, then it's offside, simple as that.
1: I saw something, um, and I'd previously thought this. Um, uh, Arsene Wenger was saying it. If any part of your body, yeah. of the attacker's body, is onside... Or overlapping the defender's body, they would be deemed to be onside. As a new rule, they'd bring in a new rule to say that that could potentially happen. So, so, say if I'm running towards the goal and I'm sprinting, my left foot's behind me, and your right foot's in front of you, but you know I'm a metre or so ahead of you, Mm. I would still be onside because we're in line. We're we're in line. We're over overlapping my left foot. So, I I just think I just think. I don't I personally don't like that. The reason, uh, the reason why I like that is because there's been so many occasions just recently where people have been offside by like 2 inches. It doesn't matter. They're offside. Offside, offside. offside yeah, offside. I know, but it's it's if you've got, um, like if you've got a scoring, the other day. If you've
2: got a scoring part of your body hmm. or a, bo- a body part that you're allowed to score with that is in front of the defender, That's then right. you're offside.
1: Yeah, I know. Yeah, the, the thing Martin Tyler said the other day that the reason why we all watch football is to see goals. And there's been so many occasions just recently where, and, and I, I totally get it, and I'm yeah. for VAR, and it's great that, that it's making it, um, you know, it's a clear cut. If someone's toes offside, they're offside. And I yeah. totally agree with that at the moment. But I do like the idea of them changing the rules a little bit to favour the attacker to see some more goals. Yeah, I, so I that's, think that's the sort of I, I, rationale behind yeah, it. Yeah, and I
2: think that's a, that's a mm. decent argument. And I can see the argument of... Because um, I think they do that in... I can't remember what other sport it is, but they it's like a favoured thing where... Oh, I can't remember now, but... Yeah, I'm sure there's another sport that does a similar thing where it favours the attacking Well, co- they used component. to say that in football, you know, give the, the striker the benefit
1: of the doubt mm. sort of thing. But obviously, VAR's great because it says, you know, it's black or white, isn't it? They're either yeah. onside or they're offside. But... Um, it's taken away so many goals that were so close to being a goal yeah. which is kind of not it's not ruining the game but we all want to see goals that's what makes football exciting so, so
0: why does it work in rugby and not in football? what the VAR yeah, it's brilliant in rugby. It doesn't it? Doesn't really yeah. hold the game up. They just say, "Is there any reason why I shouldn't allow this try?" It goes yeah. off to the. T- it's just t- quicker, t- isn't it? Yeah. They're literally yeah. like they watch a couple of angles. Yes, yes, no, yeah, perfect, go, and then everyone's uh, like,
1: "Yeah." Uh, I was talking yeah. to someone the other it's day, true. and they were talking about um, being in the stadium for the fans and stuff. And it's, you know, they just see it flash up on the big screens, and they're not really—it's not explained to them what's going on, mm. or just a bit, oh, yeah. No, but I, no, I no, think cold. I think
2: yeah, I think that's that's more the, like. Communication element of it as well because again like in cricket it it seems to work quite well. Done it, yeah. Like Hawkeye and all that sort of stuff, and then then in there there's the online decision. And with cricket, obviously there's the little like, you know, there's like ooh, and then they they, they, they bring the crowd into it, so they make it more crowd football fans are different to cricket fans. Totally, yeah, 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 totally. But I think like if you made it more like that, maybe it would make it a bit more fun, so that it could be something that was like celebrated and and look you know sometimes you're not going to be on the celebrating receiving end of it but sometimes that oh it's going to be the you know and then the celebration is going to be the opposition but sometimes it's going to be you so i think you know those things come what comes around goes around. what i don't like about it is the whole like i don't really get it for for things like i find it hard with things like fouls because fouls are so subjective yeah they are yeah that there's no cut or dry. There's no cut like, or dry. Has
0: the ball gone over the line? Yes yeah. or no? Is it a foul? If, yeah. And obviously, is it? I don't know. obviously, I there give it. He would. There,
2: there are there are cut and dry fouls where you just go, that is a blatant foul. But there's so many that are not cut and dry mm. that you think the percentage of them that are cut and dry is actually probably you know much fewer and mm. further further between. And it's also like how far do you go back? Because I know there's been well, certain goals where they've gone say, back Rice, quite a long West way, Am. and he went
0: back to the like way back to the halfway line. Yeah, it's like a, it's like the attacking phase Humble, or something, yeah.
2: isn't it? And that all becomes a little bit like tenuous and stuff. Yeah. So yeah. where does it actually start? Exactly, I, I think you, you know, you, you kind of make it. And I think this is often where the rugby and the cricket it's better because a lot of those decisions seem to be more seem to be more cut and dry. Kind of this is the rule, yeah. and therefore. Mm. This is the rule, does it about does it does it abide by that rule yeah. or not? If yeah, I meaning it's more of an then... open
1: skill sport, isn't it? So there's more going on and there's yeah. more, you know, variables to it. So yeah. one but, thing that always annoys me is the whole handball thing, especially yeah. in the area. And I I wonder if they should say If it hits your hand it's, it's a handball. Well or if Done. it hits your hand if it's a I don't know, it's so hard to judge if it's deliberate or not. That's um,
0: what you should just say. I think you should say if, if it, it hits, hits your hand that's
1: it. Yeah, uh, yeah, or if it's deliberate, it's yeah. a penalty. If it's not, it's an indirect free kick in the box, something like that. Just to see, so you can say if it does hit the arm, then this is what's going to happen. So because like it, again, that, it's so subjective it, yeah. to the, the referee. so so hard. Well,
0: and as, of, as an opposing fan. If the, if they handle it, I'd be like, of course, it's of course it's intentional. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard, though, know. isn't it?
2: Because uh, what I I I wouldn't. It is that, that one I do find really difficult what as is well. it the
0: hands are in an unnatural position? Yeah, because, because also I, what I don't, what I wouldn't
2: like and what I think would be harsh is like, you know, when someone like nails it and then it gets deflected from, yeah. from a, like a, half a foot away and it hits someone on the hand who's the hands down by their yeah. side, there's literally nothing you can do about that. Indirect free kick then. Like, yeah, potentially. Like I'd be open to, to that sort of thing as a rule, but I think to, to give a penalty for that, is I just harsh. think it's very harsh. But, that's the rule, but then you, that's but then the rule, you could you just say, make it the same for everyone.
1: Exactly. And, it's, it's and you could say that's going to make more goals. And it's going to yeah. make it, if it does hit your hand. Anywhere. Um, yeah.
0: yeah. I guess then do you then uh, start trying to kick the ball at opponents? Yeah, hands yeah. Oh, like, yeah. But that's, yeah. then that's,
1: you know, you that's, that's yeah, part of the yeah, game. part of the game Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Smashing it at people. Yeah. yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. <laughs> just chip it up into their hands. That would be amazing. It would make people like their hands behind their back the whole time. But, like, yeah. But I think, you know, I think that technology i think it's here it's here to say is yeah, is isn't it and yeah, it I, is. I think for me it's it's kind of there's always going to be contention and there's always going to be different opinions and you mm. know i'm sure there's you know there's going to be for every different person there's going to be a slightly different opinion but i think that you you can't just think oh everything was done like this before so we'll just keep everything it, the same yeah, like yeah. you need to evolve yeah, think and fo- move think football's and,
1: guilty of being a bit arrogant actually like in yeah. the past and that it's that like you say it's got to evolve and move with the times and mm. um, yeah I think it's a good thing and you know I think yeah,
2: it will be interesting to see at the end of the season or you know after a few seasons how many how many decisions yeah, yeah how many how many correct decisions are so being what? made just go versus back
0: to Champions League last year how mad was that like you think United getting that last minute penalty penalty that Rashford scored and then when it was City, Liverpool in the other one and Sterling Sterling. scored and Mm. then it didn't get and you know all of those things there was more as well not just the English clubs but how many things got turned on VAR and they did a thing on BBC of like if VAR hadn't been in place what would it have been and literally the semi-finals were different and the final was different and all that sort of stuff and you just think god that's mad isn't it You just
2: yeah But then, right. it, oh but then it's but then you sort of think it shouldn't in a way if VIR overturned you know 10 decisions a game but they were all the correct decision then that should yeah, be that's, fine that is, that is fine that's the whole point isn't it uh, and that's it? Like, the
1: argument to say well let's change some of the rules to because yeah. you don't want a, you know every game to be a nil-nil draw because no. it's hitting someone's arm or you know disallowing goals left right and centre yeah um Right, let's let's move on from that. That will come back on again, I'm sure. It's, uh, um, no, it's interesting. You know what? You imagine if our like England got into the Euros final or something and a big decision went against us.
2: Oh my god. Everyone hate me. Yeah, you'd hate it, wouldn't yeah. you? But that's anyway. one thing it's got to be cut and dry in a way. Just last thing I'll say, but because <laughs> cuz you know, otherwise what you end up happening is just as contentious decisions with var that you had than you had before without var and then and then i almost do think you might as well not have it because i'd almost rather have at least it's down to the referee then just to make a split decision yeah um, Yeah. so i kind of i I, I do kind of agree with that side of you know people when people they make that argument and stuff i kind of agree when too much of it is left to subjectivity it becomes like well it's not really any different to where the way it was before. It's still a subjective view yeah. of one referee mm. over, you know, over another. And when they're when they're potentially saying different things, even in the slow motion, they're saying yeah. different things. You start to think, well, actually, that's just no no better than it was before. But yet you've got all this waiting, etc. So I sort of yeah. feel like that's why I go back to, you know, I almost feel like goal line technology and then offsides is the only two things mm. I, I in my mind that I would probably. Say that I think is a good thing to have, and then it's just a question of the, the ruling of exactly what is offside. But once that ruling's made, you just stick to that ruling. Yeah. So you're either offside or you're not offside. Simple as that. And I would have it as as little as little subjectivity as you can. Yeah, as little as possible. Yeah. Because then you, you know keep you it can't argue with that. And that's it like
1: you say with the other sports, or maybe yeah. it's cricket, rugby, or or yeah. even tennis with the Hawkeye thing. You yeah. know, there's a line. Did the ball go across it or not? And it's yeah. it's much easier to judge, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Cool. Right, guys, how'd you get a six pack? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sorry,
0: let's ask Lelian. What was his name? Chris. Adam. Adam, that was it. Adam, oh, yeah. So your mate. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um
2: yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, like it's we something were, everybody asks. We were talking I talk, want to get a six pack. Yeah, we were I talking earlier about like the whole because I think it goes it goes one of two ways, doesn't it? People the biggest thing in the fitness industry in the last few years that I've seen is um, the old, uh, we were talking about it earlier, the um, abs made in the kitchen yes. uh, mantra, which is true to a very large degree. Like yeah. I think it probably. It's equal measures. Yeah. I th- I think, but it's not yeah. everything. No. Yeah. No.
1: no. So for, firstly. Abs made in the gym and the kitchen. My, my yeah. question is. Made in the gym,
2: revealed in the kitchen.
0: Yeah, there you go like nice there's a Very leddy, there's a leddy there you go you yeah. can drop
1: that <laughs> yeah. Yeah. she just said that. just, that's the last yeah. thing you said yeah. Yeah. I just like to do some little footsteps down the stairs can everyone get a six pack
0: no why so well it's my understanding that you've got your abdominal wall Yeah. so in front so it's like a sheet of muscle and however many strips of fascia run across that horizontally determine what your abs look like. Mm-hmm. Not everybody has enough fascia to have six abs. Some people have more strips. That's why some people have an eight pack. It's no different. It's just where their fascial lines run across the abdominal muscle determines what could potentially be shown. Yeah, that's I mean, that's my understanding. Yeah. I don't know if that's yeah correct from an anatomical yeah. I mean, position.
2: genetically, you're gonna you're gonna have people. Yeah, you're gonna have essentially like. Yeah. Your rectus abdominis yeah. muscle, which is what your which is what the six pack is essentially, but people talk about that, is gonna is different people are gonna have different looking looking rectus yeah. abdominis and that's why muscle. Some Just like, like people will have different looking biceps. You know, some people will have those Popeye type biceps, some people will have longer long limbs and have those yeah. long, thin bi- you know, not thin biceps, but you know but what I mean. It's not that peak. same not yeah. much of a peak. So genetically you're gonna be it's gonna be different. Yeah. When different
1: we people. look at genetics and it's very uncommon to have, for someone to have completely symmetrical abs, isn't it? Yeah,
0: that's what I was just saying. Yeah, and again, that's where then facial lines run across. Yeah, and that's why some people have like wonky looking abs where they don't—they're not mirrored side by side and different shapes and different sizes. It's incredible
2: sizes and, how different they it, it yeah, can look, yeah. though, isn't it? It's amazing. Yeah. Do you know what's interesting though? Is also just going back a, a little bit—is that why do people want a six-pack? what's so what's, what's so, so because it is like? such a it's a status symbol it's such a thing isn't it but do you what know what it is? Is?
0: it's because you can't buy
2: one
1: mm. like the, yeah. the apps, well you can actually you can get some surgery done but yeah yeah that's it, just horrible. Horrible. it looks yeah but
0: yeah. it's a it's a symbol of like whether it's determination commitment da 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 you can't fake it that's
1: a fair that's a really fair comment actually if you think usually if you've got one you've probably earned it
2: yeah do you yeah. think as well that like Oh, there is. Whoa, a, what, be and be, phase what, so there. what? That real
0: bad one what, about sk- abs on a skinny guy I don't count. Just like, say it, you've you've it, it, I'm saying, say it, it. I can't Come say on. it. Other, I almost feel I like it'd be it.
2: very difficult to have a six pack or to have a you know, let's just call it visible ab- abs. Yeah, yeah. Whether that's six, eight, four, yeah, whatever, whatever yeah. it's very difficult to have visible abs and not be in good shape because basically, yeah, in order to have abs, you've got to have a low body fat percentage and you've had to train because then your abs are, are, big, enough are, are big enough to to be predominant in terms yeah, of the yeah. fact Cartoon that you can see them the skin. exactly and if you've done that i mean no no one only trains their abs you're going to train everything so when when we had this trip, like i used to have some <laughs> yeah.
1: dumbbells and it's my bedroom, abs, you can't own that actually i was just i used to do an ab circuit and i uh, used to do terror, a um, terror, I'll be a little
0: bit mate. Give me, give me, give me ten minutes. Oh, oh.
1: <laughs> That's Terry. That's um, Terry, yeah. Terry he's Christian. coming he'll, on. He's he'll come, be on in a couple of weeks. He'll be coming on the podcast soon. Um, yeah, all I used to do was like a little ab circuit and some bicep curls. Yeah, yeah. and why?
0: And why? Why did you not? Yes, yeah, so you did ups? biceps as well. Because they were hard. Yeah. yeah, I was exactly the same. I was literally obsessed with doing like crunches and planks and Swiss ball crunches in my bedroom and some bicep curls. And I didn't do press ups because they were too hard. And I wish I'd gone back now and God. tell my I
1: 11, I hate, year I hate doing
2: that. I hate ab doing abs to this day. Yeah, I do now. Worst yeah. my yeah. worst. My like sub training. Reason. I used to. I never yeah. liked it. Never liked it. And I so
1: do you think society changed? i'm just thinking was it cool or sexy or whatever to have a six-pack back in the 70s or you know was it i think it's always, always been there hasn't you it you think it's been, think it's been i think it's
2: yeah to me it's like if you i suppose if you go and look at like a men's health magazine or whatever over the over the ages over the years it's always, it's always that yeah, headline would be on there a lot i think
1: yeah but then i think we've discussed this before but if you look at like superheroes they're getting buffer and buffer and yeah. bigger and bigger. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, look at Superman back in the 70s, and yeah. he was a, I say a wimp, but, you know... <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Compared to Henry Cavill. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, That's true. And, yeah, I guess I was probably... I used to buy, like, FHM magazine or whatever it was back in the day, or um, yeah, and that, that would have had a ripped guy on it. And Yeah. It's really interesting, though, isn't it? To Why does everyone want one? But, yeah. But yeah, I think you've got that's a valid point, Nick. I think I don't, I don't, it shows hard work.
0: Yeah, of course it does. It's just like being in shape. Yeah. You, you you can't fake that. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Now, obviously, some people are genetically gifted and stuff like that, but, so that was, but ultimately, you can't.
1: So, that was going to be my next question about somatotypes and yeah. so, so different body uh, types. Mm-hmm. Um, so, if someone's a bit more of a endomorph if we are going to categorize and, and stick to somatotypes it's going to be a lot harder for them to get a six-pack right yeah in, in comparison depending to on someone that's well, depending on where they
2: store store their body fat um but i think a lot of guys do tend to store their body fat on their abdomen so they do. exactly you that's because it's e- the center of mass yeah that's so they, exactly that's going to be it's the last place part. often that you that's why i think it's, it's quite a rare thing because you have to be quite, you have to be really lean to be out for most guys, obviously, they'll, they'll be genetic, like I know people genetically who have got abs and they're not massively lean at all. Um, but then I think, so there's people that will be, lean generally or they'll have abs at a much higher body fat percentage than someone else but I think a lot of guys probably do store more of their fat abdominally but and they, therefore struggle they do, to, yeah, to just look at that
0: the reason, the reason for that is because generally guys put weight on on their belly first so are wider shoulders narrow away so their center of mass is in their belly so mm-hmm. as a evolutionary thing it's the safest place to put it rather than if you've got to run away from a saber tooth tiger if you store all your fat in your hands and your ankles you're going to be slow as anything to run away so it goes on your belly first and that's why generally women who are wider hips narrow shoulders their centre of mass is a little bit lower and that's generally why women tend to store fat around their bum and around their thighs mm. their centre of mass is a little bit lower. If you think about the people that you see who carry body fat as a man, generally speaking they've got a belly mm. and yeah. and normal looking legs and generally ladies who who are carrying some body fat, they have bigger bum, thighs and legs yeah. and not necessarily a big belly in in like um, so relationships it's in like, to, by itself. It's yeah. fair
1: to say that's the last place you're gonna lose it typically. Yeah, it's the first place yeah. it goes
0: on and then yeah. as a man, that's where it goes Then it spreads and spreads and spreads and then as you then start to lose weight, it comes off, comes off, comes off and it's the last place to go. So that's probably for a man having a six pack, it's the last place it comes off from and that then completes a physique because it means that you are lean everywhere yeah. then. Yeah, generally. Yeah, generally, yeah exactly.
2: Like. And that's the thing I think a lot, a lot of people who are listening to this who are thinking about you know they want to get a six pack it's like you have to ask yourself the question whether you want to actually give up what it was going to take to get you that because a lot of people are going to have to get really lean to do that and in order to do that you are going to have to be good You know, I'm going to say good I mean yeah like yeah. 95% you aren't going to be able, able to have as many cheat meals like you you can have you know, a 12 to 15% body fat percentage, still look pretty good, mm. like still not, you know, be able to take your top off at the beach and, and feel pretty confident yeah. about yourself, but be able to go out and have a few beers, be able to like have nice meals, not, you know, still be good 80% of the time, yeah. but actually have that 20% of the time. If you want visible abs, then you probably are gonna to have to be much more strict for a, a much a, longer, longer period, period of time. time um especially, and if you want to keep them in terms of mm-hmm. you want to have them all year round you're going to have to be have very few cheat meals and not go out for many beers and, and actually socially it's going to be a lot harder yeah. for you to yeah. do that. And so it's also, like yeah okay do you, yeah, okay, do you, get, you really want hide them? under
0: a t-shirt all the time as well? Mm. Yeah. So you think well, I've got they're there but what's the point cuz no one's yeah. ever going to see it. we would much rather have big big shoulders, big traps, big chest. And that's why you that's... see
1: loads of young guys on Instagram with their tops off <laughs> taking photos all the time. All the yeah. Time. <laughs> yeah. So what yeah. about
2: what about training the abs then? So like we've established obviously you need to be lean to see yeah. your abs. So you there's no question that you need to get down to a quite a low, low body, body fat, fat yeah. percentage for most people. Obviously genetically some people are going to be able to do a bit of a higher body fat percentage, but in terms of how you would train them you know, you typically see people doing the old um, thousand crunches or whatever mm-hmm. it might be. Like, is, um, that, is that a good thing to do? Or that's what do you the think?
1: beginning of American Psycho, Patrick <laughs> yeah. Bateman. Oh, that he is says, a um, hilarious film. Yeah, oh, it's brilliant. So but good. he says, I can do a thousand now. Yeah, yeah like, he's doing so his so sit-ups in <laughs> his pants. Yeah, yeah. still in great shape. Oh, yeah, He's he in amazing shape, yeah, yeah. actually, yeah. Um, yeah. So what? Where, where, where's the
2: go-to? Where, what's the thir- first thing? But I think I think also you want to train like different rep ranges as well. Like so many people just do endurance they related. Just do more. They just do loads. Yeah, they yeah. just loads of crunches. Do plank for longer. Blah blah blah. But actually, I think if you're trying to hypertrophy your muscle, it's no different to any other any muscle other? group in the sense that you also want to be really working between your six and twelve rep ranges. So. Do your you know cable rotations with heavy weight? Do mm. your cable crunches potentially yep. with heavy loads? Do your leg leg lifts with with weights with with, weights, with yeah. dumbbells with actual actual resistance think, training?
0: Yeah, and I think the reason why I think uh, personally I think you do need to go slightly higher reps only because it's such a small range of motion. Yep. So we often talk about subjecting the muscle to between hypertrophy specifically, 40 to 60 seconds of time under significant tension. Yeah. Your abs don't move that far. It's a really small range of motion from A to B. So you do need to accumulate more reps yeah. than a squat or a bicep curl or something like that because yeah. the range of motion is so small. So mm. to accumulate 40 to 60 seconds of significant time under significant tension, you need you need to do more. It's a bit like calves and traps and forearms. Smaller, smaller muscles, smaller yeah. range of motion typically i think you need to go a little for me i think you need to go a little bit higher but not yeah. you know yes do 50s 60s whatever but again 6 yeah. to twelves, 12 to 15s yeah and, and i'm not saying yeah I, I, them all. I
2: think i'm you know you still want to include those things in, in there as well because yeah. again you think about your hypertrophy you've got your um, muscle tension but yeah. then you've also got your uh, metabolic damage yeah. you know metabolic stress rather which is your pump which is yeah. your higher rep higher stuff, rep stuff. Um, but I think yeah and then exercises that involve going into extension as well so yes. that's the thing that I think you don't Swiss see people doing crunches. Swiss ball crunches Ex- things yeah. that yeah. Increases you're actually your range of absolutely. motion if
0: you can hyperextend extend your spine yeah. to get your abs to stretch more and then crunch yep. in. It's they a bigger range of motion. They are, brutal. are
1: they are really yeah. brutal. Yeah. Your body almost shakes when you're doing it, especially when you're completely hyperextending. You're like mm. Yeah. Because
0: yeah. and because you don't go
1: there. Whenever you do stuff on the
0: floor, you're yeah. you're, you're, you're prevented at that range of motion. That's it. You you never yeah. you know, you never go beyond that. Yeah. And I, like you said, I think that's so important for getting the two insurg- origin insurgents as far away as you can and then yeah. getting them as close as you can. What does that do? Build significant time under tension. Yeah. And also the other thing you see people doing as well is sloppy form. It does my yeah, head in. Yeah. Bouncing, yeah. repping out as fast as they can. You think you can't even feel that in your abs. What are you what are you doing? Yeah. Slow it looks it good down. though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've done a thousand. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. And, it's how, American and how long did your well, abs no, actually contract for? Thirty and, seconds? And
2: eccentrically, nothing. Nothing. Probably. Yeah, yeah. The, exactly. Um, and combining exercises as well. Like you there's a few good videos on YouTube with um. Um, Jeff Cavalier you know, the Athlean X I don't know yeah, if you've yeah, seen yeah. his videos oh. but um, he' d- there's, he's is he the annoying a, one uh, probably yeah. yeah but he's got a few Yeah, do and, you, know, and th- do you,
1: know, you don't like him do you?
2: he's no, no, no but he's yeah. got some good ones in terms of and he's in they're, like, shape, they're six, yeah. six minutes long six, seven minutes yeah. long and he just combines loads of exercises with different because um, this is the other thing I think different uh, emphasis in terms of using your legs using your upper body using your arms so you're not just doing yeah. one particular type of crunch you're doing stuff that involves From different angles different angles yeah, different yeah, yeah uh, exactly rotational him,
1: movements um i think his content's really good yeah i think that uh, him as a person is a lot that's wrong with the fitness industry you know, I don't. Every single I video is him with a top off. Isn't his, to, yeah. his top off. He seems, yeah. you know, a bit arrogant and unapproachable. Yeah. So um, yeah, I think that's what it. Like, but he's in amazing shape, yeah. and he and obviously he, knows he, what he's talking. about And he does about. some great content. Yeah,
2: yeah. Um, yeah. His content's good, but that, but what I meant was those type of videos where you're getting like six, mi- like in six minutes, you can be. Like your abs will be absolutely on Screaming. fire yeah exactly it's not like something you have to do like spend and spend half an hour on it's you know you can do it in a very short period of time
1: here's a question that's just popped up in my head
2: um when you see what's your opinion
1: of when you see specifically boxers or mma fighters training with um their coach throwing a med ball into the stomach mm-hmm. what's that going to do to the stomach what is it are you going to get any hypertrophy from that? Are you going to is it condi- is it conditioning your body to be able
0: take to punches. take a punch? Yeah, that's yeah. You, I mean you could argue there's some tension there. You're you're going to cuz when you tense your yeah. s- tummy, you are isometric in that range in you know, in that range of motion, you're going to get stronger because you're going to learn to yeah. tense brace harder and harder and harder and harder.
2: Yeah. Have you is, ever,
0: ever
1: had it done to you? Before? No, I'm not,
0: yeah. I'm, I'm not man, and yes. that's I'm not. The, the,
1: the,
2: the interesting thing about that no, though as well is I like- I think how bad it is. Like, you know. Let's do it. When, when, <laughs> when you're in a in your fight or boxing or doing whatever, you're not prepared like that for the hit to come. It comes at a random time. So yeah. then you'd even argue, is it that sport specific? Because you're, mm-hmm. you're, are you are you are yeah, bracing at that exact time? You're, basically when you're doing that to me, I know when that medicine ball's coming. Mm. I know where it's coming. Yeah. I know and I know when to brace. When you're in a fight, you don't know when that when it's coming. You don't know like you, you can don't, you not. if you brace. have read the
1: punch and you yes. know it's coming, yeah. you would brace and therefore yeah. you would argue that it is helping, but it's an interesting one though. I'm not sure. So is it going to do anything when you're not contracting? So all that work? Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure. I don't well, let's ask Terry when he's on the podcast. Yeah, he yeah be, that'd haven't. be a
2: really good question to ask him, actually. Yeah. Because he, he, he obviously, you know, that's something he would probably know a lot more, a lot about. Yeah. But because I think that my instinct, my gut feeling would be what you said, which is just that you're exposing the body to contact. So, the, so that's going to be a good thing when you then are contacted. But... I mean, I, that's a bit like saying if you go and punch
1: me a hundred times in the head, like, am I going to be more... Exactly. Uh, that's what, exactly. Because the,
2: then the argument is, well, maybe you're actually breaking that yeah. person down in that way that would injure them more. Like, maybe you should just get... you That should just happen in sparring, naturally, right? Rather than rather than trying to... Yeah. And just train just train your abs to be strong, generally, yeah. like, with your strength and conditioning stuff, yeah, and then exactly. just do it all sports specific. So
0: that's... And that, what's your take then on... Obviously, you see loads of people doing crunches, Russian twists, bicycle crunches, all those things. It's all deep flexion based. Yeah. Where, what's your take on things where you work anti rotation, yeah, anti extension, like and anti flexion? Yeah. What, so we know, so for those like, listening that don't know what that is, okay. I tell you, just give us a couple of minutes, two, <laughs> two seconds, just finishing off the podcast. Um, <laughs> um yeah so um for those listening so it's like resisting movement basically so it's keeping your pillar dead straight so not having not having twisting from pelvis going one way and torso going the other way or rib cage going the other way and then not having coming forwards and coming backwards basically yeah what's your take on that then in building a six pack yeah I think do you think that helps build a six pack rep like yeah you, yeah I, I I'm I'm unsure because you you're not taking the muscles through any specific range of motion. You're getting set in a in oh a still sorry. The, so you
2: are you talking like plank stuff and
0: does that build abs?
2: I, I think it can.
0: I yeah. See, so I I'm not I'm not sure. Like I don't
2: because a pale, off, pale off press for example will will be strengthening your obliques.
0: Yes, but does it build? like it does it build tissue or does it just make it strong well your isometric you're, essentially it's just an isometric contraction yeah but if you're, stronger and stronger if you're if you're putting
2: 40 to 60 seconds of tension through that muscle and that muscle's under tension then think, there's no reason why it wouldn't create a hypertrophic response so, now, what it, what it wouldn't do is it wouldn't get you going through the eccentric phase, which is yeah. better for hypertrophy. Yeah. So I'm not yeah. saying it would be the best. So it best might thing take to longer to do. It might take but longer. Or, but if you, I, I get, I, you I, know, if you had someone who was really lean, who who all they did was plank was and they just plank every that. day, I, was I, bet just say would, that. I bet you they, I bet you they would have visible abdominals if they were lean enough. They would I think they would. Through just doing the plank, through just doing that, because if you, because if you yeah. get enough tension through that through that tissue, whether that's isometric or not then you're going to create a hypertrophic response. Let's so, have a look so at the that's you-
0: interesting because then you could say the same for like a bicep curl then. So it's yep. basically saying like if you stood in a half half position yeah. for 46 I, seconds. Yeah. That would build No, if
2: you if you if you had a, if a you had a, a bar that you went to and you contracted into that with no movement for 60 seconds and you relax and you did that, I think you would develop bicep um Gains hypertrophy, hypertrophy, hypertrophy yeah. gains. But again, I think it doesn't. It's not optimal because you wouldn't be getting the, uh, the maybe Movement, the, the pump, and yeah. you wouldn't be getting the, the eccentric getting, muscle yeah. damage. But you would still have one component, and that's still going to create over over time hypertrophy mm. if you give it the right protein and blah 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 yeah, blah. Yeah. It wouldn't be. I don't think you'd be as quick, but I think you could do it. There definitely. is,
0: there is, yeah. Because I think yeah. there's a huge benefit in doing it for and performance that's again, and everything that, else. Like it's gonna make your deadlift better, performance yeah. better, effing. Those three things are. I think everyone should be doing that, no matter age, weight, gender, anything. Yeah. Everyone should be doing those things because you're gonna have a healthier back, healthier spine, duh, 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 everything. But does it add to the six pack? I don't know. That's but
2: really, I, think, I think
1: I I reckon yeah. I think I I guess it does, but over
2: a longer time yeah. than you would, mm. if, than you you were, would do if you and would I do. And I think it, yeah. you know, lots of people, most people, are not gonna exclusively train like that. They're gonna do other stuff as yeah, well. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so I, but I think it's possible to do that. Yeah. Well, I oh.
1: think this. Um, that leave we, it there. I think we will leave it there. We kind of answered the question, but we can go yeah, on a bit no, well, more. Yeah, we, we've done it.
0: in a roundabout way. What was it, Lenny? Was yeah, it? Yeah. Can you drop your drop your nugget, your absolute nugget? What was it? The abs, I can't. I can't even abs remember are it now. Made in the gym,
2: made in the gym, and revealed in the kitchen. Oh my God, <laughs> <Boom>. that's unbelievable. <laughs> that's just drop a mic. That's right. Yeah, I'll leave that. I quite I quite like going out. My last my last bit on the podcast. Until next time. Until I come back. Until I come back so
1: yeah. it's been an absolute pleasure is, to mate. um i feel a little bit teary honestly i do <laughs> like yeah, to to get to know you and you know i've been in this industry for god i don't know 14 or 15 years or something and um you're one of the most knowledgeable people i've ever met and just yeah. so interesting and just a good guy as well so um thanks man yeah. Well, no, I it's been
0: we've, we've all said it's been an absolute it's been a privilege and honour to call a colleague and it's been even better to, for you to have become our friend amongst
2: yeah, them as well. And so I hope, that's like, even more important to you us know, and, and and it's been amazing being here and all you guys have been so so good to me and stuff. So thank you for the opportunity of being here and hopefully I'll be back and doing some other stuff, whether it's podcasts and I'll be around the gym and you know, I'll be around I'm yeah, sure. Good. Cool. Thank you so
1: yeah, much, mate. Right. Yeah. I just wanna um unfortunately wanted to end with that as the last word but next week's podcast we've got a guest coming on um which is pretty cool. So a young man named Richard, he's actually Arsenal's uh, nutritionist, which is which is pretty pretty cool. So if anyone's got any specific questions they'd like to ask, obviously email in. Yeah, or
0: so Lizzie sent her over her supplements. Or supplements oh yeah, we've got a good so old... Def- we've got the biggest expert we know coming in to help us answer those questions. And in, Maybe I'll, I'll, s- I'll send in a question.
2: If yeah, I'll yeah, I'll send it. I'll email it. I'll send it. I'll send it. Send
1: it. Um, cool. yeah So again, Chris. Like, thank you. Thank you. No problem um, at all. This isn't goodbye. This no. is um, good luck with like yeah. your new yeah. your venture. Thank and, you very much. Yeah. Cool. We'll see you soon. See you, so yeah. see you later, guys. For now. <laughs> see you guys. See ya.